Learn the most empowering hiring techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick Gerard. We have all become painfully aware that cybercrime is at an all-time record high. Now, the bad actors have figured out how to hack your hiring process. Stories have surfaced about people accepting roles remotely that are different people from the ones that attended the interview. Now, let's face it, hacking the interview process is probably the easiest way to infiltrate your company and ultimately your data. When the interviewers focus on skills and do not dig deep enough into the truth about the person, the result can be the opportunity that puts your company in jeopardy. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win-win the strongest hires. We do so by sharing insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders like our guest today, Ms. Becky Wanta. Becky is the global CIO and CTO for 5QID and a highly accomplished global senior executive with over 30 years of success in applying extensive IT experience to guide companies in a wide variety of industries to achieve their goals. She has proven her ability to improve market share and profitability while establishing long-term business relations and recruiting and developing cross-functional and high-performing teams. She has also been profiled by various publications, including Profile Magazine and Bloomberg News, and she is the holder of two U.S. patents, which is what makes Becky the perfect expert for today's topic. Becky, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for inviting me. Great to have you. Now, we're going to talk about a couple things. We're going to talk about how bad actors can infiltrate your organization through the interview process. And then we're going to talk about how to avoid hiring these people who can decimate your company. Sound like a plan? It does. Now, I've heard this story that's been going around. I don't know if it's an urban myth or not, if it's real. I have not experienced this, but I have heard stories of people actually interviewing somebody, making the hire, and then the person who shows up is a different person than the person who they hired. Now, again, haven't experienced it, but is this something that's happening? Is this true? I haven't. I'm like you. I haven't personally experienced that either, thank God. But um, obviously, that's exactly what, what I think you're going to see a pattern of practice start to play out. So I would imagine that they're probably infiltrating large companies first because that's usually where the low-hanging fruit is. Yeah, and I think the other, the other thing that's happening is the whole work-from-home movement, right? And so with the work from home, you know, you're, there's, I mean, we could get into exactly how come this is happening, because the reason this is happening is, you know, that the challenge that, as you know, that we face is that, you know, background checks historically been in a company have been fairly perfunctory, right, Rick? And more importantly, in the whole space of identity management, it assumes you're who you say you are. What we're talking about, why this gives rise is the ability to prove the person is who they say they are. Because just as you and I were talking early on in preparation for this, this uh, podcast, you know, you'll get a resume with a picture. You'll do a government ID, but it's not a guarantee that person is who they say they are. Well, I don't get any resumes that have pictures. I mean, I think the picture you get maybe is the LinkedIn profile or something like that. And I, I, that's how they cross-reference people. But it's really easy to create a LinkedIn profile and create a resume. You could pull somebody else's resume, copy it, send it out, and then have somebody who's got the skills that you claim to have be the person who attends the interview. Exactly. And, you know, in the whole space, and I, and I think, you know, and the, the problem that we're facing is, is the person is not a guarantee that the person you're hiring is who it is. 
and now I think the, the uh, there's and you'll show this link, but you know the FBI just did some research right now and it proved out that right now from the work from home problem is some people are hiring is being hired by about four different companies working from home because the identity hasn't been proven, Rick. Wait, okay, so let me back that up. So the same person is being hired or somebody's stealing their identity and they're hiring that same person for it's both. It could be it could be all three. It could be someone's identity was stolen because one of the things with all the data breaches and that you alluded to in the very beginning with the identity theft that's going on, it could be a person's identity was stolen because it is in the identity management space right now, it still assumes you're, you're who you say you are. So it's never, you know, with the right tactics and so forth, you have to have the identity proven. The other thing that happens is the background checks. The background checks are different, usually perfunctory. Usually it's just a credit score or it's talking to a, a former employee, which you don't really even know is really a, the boss of the person or anything like that. So, you know, companies now, and what you're seeing in this whole latest studies that have been done is that when these people are actually, you know, could be bad actors, like it could be, it could be a criminal element, they're actually using these new these new positions to steal company information that they're making money off of. And it's and employee responsibility. They're agents of the company, Rick. That's the employer's responsibility. So you can see the code of action is, is coming to the forefront that it's now very important for you know, companies to really determine the person that they're hiring is the person that, that they're, they are expecting to hire. It's not just a name and background check only. It's it's an, it's an added step to ensure the protection of their company and the protection of their customers. But I see this as a couple of different things. I mean, first off, the challenge that you have is that we are in a hiring frenzy where people are trying to desperately get people on board. And when they see somebody who has skills that they need, they quickly rush to beat the competitors to hire that person. And so a lot of these things are getting swept under the table. So diligence is not really like on the top of the list. It's more, let's get this work done. Let's get this person in. But it seems to me this is probably more relevant when you're hiring like maybe a contractor or you're hiring somebody to come in and do a piece of work as opposed to the full-time employee. Because I do notice, especially with a lot of the companies that I've worked with, is that there's a lot more diligence that's put into the interview process when it's a full-time hire versus a contractor. I think that I think where that where that gets challenged, I think you're right to some extent, but I think where that really gets challenged, Rick, is in this work from home movement. Because, you know, I mean, candidly, you know, you'll you'll talk to somebody. I mean, con artists generally are very likable people. So they can, you know, you have an interview with somebody you like them, the charismatically, it, it all fits together, and then you hire the person. But two things could be true in this case. Number one, they could be tied to a criminal or have, you know, malicious activity, um, you know, on top of mind or working for different agencies. You you check it to the point from a background check that maybe they're... I said they work for Anonymous or something like that, right? Like, Or they work, maybe they even work for foreign entities. You know, it's, it, you know, there are certain things that we do that we've always done, but it's a different call to action now. It's a different sense of criticality to to really verify that someone's identity is, they're proven. They're exactly who they say they are. And, and the thing about, you know, identity management is it assumes you're who you are, but you can't fake out proving somebody's identity because then you're going to use a series, several different tactics to really prove that out. And I think the latest studies with the FBI is, is, is pretty concerning 
to companies because as an employer, the employees are agents of our company and we're responsible for all their actions. And so they're, if they're using it, Rick is Bia's, to get in and steal company information or customer information, it's putting us all at risk. So it's putting us risk and costing companies millions of dollars. Why should a company pay attention to this? Because it, they they run the risk of um, they run the risk of you know incurring millions of costs. They run the risk of being sued. They run the risk of totally damaging the reputation. And some some companies may never recover from that. You know you see constantly about data breaches. And some of these, and you know, these data breaches or this identity theft access is that's happening, could be the undoing of a complete company. You may never make it back. And a lot of the different companies that are that are trusted agents, you know, integrity and trust is what they're selling. And so, how do you make that back if someone on your team actually stole customer information, used it for nefarious reasons, or even took the information from a from an identity theft perspective? So. It's concerning, and it's going to become more concerning the more virtual our workforce is. And just like you said early on, Rick, is it's a fight for talent. We're always in the hunt for talent, but it doesn't take the responsibility off of us to be certain we're hiring who they say they are. You know what? This can be mitigated, too, by just slowing down. I mean, like, honestly, if you run your search process and you do the diligence, and I think that's the biggest mistake companies are making is they're just not doing diligence when it comes to hiring somebody. They're rushing into it. They're getting the position filled. And then, okay, on to the next. Let's move on. Yeah, it's gonna be, like you said, it's perfunctory. A lot of times it's just perfunctory to get the candidate in, make the deal. But, but again, the, the worry that I have and, and that the market is proving this out is, is Becky who really who she says she is. And yes, I'm going to talk to some people that know her. I'm going to run a background check at the way that we're talking about. But how do I not, how do I know that Becky isn't, wasn't John Smith, you know, 20 years ago and took on the identity or Becky works for these other act, bad actors. Like you talked about early on, Rick, and has malicious intent coming into the company. To me, that's key in terms of a call to action to all of us leaders, CEOs, et cetera. You're listening to Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find a link to order your copy of Healing Career Wounds. Let it be your company's secret weapon to landing the strongest people. Our guest today is Becky Wanta. She is the CIO and CTO of 5QID. And we're talking about bad actors infiltrating your company and how to avoid it. So we just talked a little bit about why it's critical that you listen to this and kind of recognize the fact that it is a problem or it's a growing problem. And now we're going to talk about how to solve the problem. Becky, it seems to me that I have my own thoughts on how we can solve this and really comes back to like what I mentioned earlier, diligence and making sure that the people that you are hiring, but just taking a step back too, even though we're in this feeding frenzy for talent, there's an easier way to find people than post and praying. And that's identifying people and targeting them and developing relationships and kind of creating a proactive pipeline of talent. If we do that, that mitigates a ton of this from the perspective of at least you're developing a relationship with somebody who maybe came through a referral or some other mechanism, or maybe you even just kind of located them on LinkedIn. But that's the start of the process for me. Changing the way in which you're reacting to the market, slowing it down rather than speeding up, and making sure that when people are good for your company, they will take the time to go through the interview process. I, I, I think that, um, you know, you'd hope that most people are doing what you just said, right? But 
we're seeing evidence that suggests that, like you've said before, maybe the diligence isn't there. I mean, the, the, the piece that's still, even if you've set these networks up in place, you've got these long-term relationships, it still doesn't guarantee Becky is Becky. It, it guarantees you like Becky and she's she looks like she's qualified on paper, but it doesn't really guarantee to you that she's all of her connects and, and so forth aren't, you know, are, are all above, above board. You know, we're seeing more evidence of that with different, you know, the whole sharing of information that goes on. And, and the other challenge we have too is that slowing down isn't really an option because it, it, for the reasons you mentioned, one, winning the war on talent, and two, staying competitive and relevant in the industry you represent. And so how does an employer, how does a, a, lead, a manager get, you know, attract that talent, but then really protect the brand, protect the company? And so the way that I, I add, so adding on to what you said, I, I think the other thing you have to do is you have to tighten up the whole background process. It can't just be about their credit checks. It's got to be really going the extra, you know, using things like biometric, proving liveness, proving, you know, we we use a, a combination of AI and, and other tactics, plus the live interview, government IDs and stuff like that. So with our IP and stuff, we, you know, that's how we prove out the idea. And we make sure Becky is Becky and we make sure that the company is protected, you know, that's hiring all that. So I think companies need to keep the entrepreneurial spirit alive while building these distrib distributed teams like you're talking about, because the ability to win the talent, run the virtual workforces, do exactly what you just said, Rick, is not going to get easier. It's going to get more complex. Okay. So I want to get away from the product. So let's, let's talk about what is it that a company needs to do to prove somebody's identity? Is there really a way to do it? If you're doing that, some background check companies, they do more than just a credit check or something else. I mean, they do criminal history and a bunch of other things. If I'm at the stage where I'm about to hire somebody and I'm doing my diligence and we're doing a background check, how can I guarantee that Becky is Becky? I have to put a system in place in order for me to like figure this out, right? So what does that system look like? I, I think it's you tightening up your processes around the whole uh, pre-employment and background checks. I think that- What works for that? So, so you've got service providers right now that you trust to do your background check, but you now want the ability to allow your employers or pre-employees, you know, that to, to, it's not just about a government ID. It's about, you know, adding their own personal identifiers that they control, you don't control, and then taking it all the way into the liveness checks and things like that. So that you, so I, I would say you want to ad adopt a proven identity process married to your biometrics. I'm not sure what biometrics means. Explain that to me. Well, okay. So, so the one thing about, you know, there's a, there, the biometrics are really more your personal identifier. So a face scan, a palm scan, you know, just those two tactics alone in terms of your hiring process. Now that's somebody that's an employee or pre-employee just with that alone, Rick, you, you know, coupled with some other things, you know, you've got a very strong false acceptance rate that that person is exactly who they are. Because just like you said, we, you know, you check the natural, all the different, you know, federal different um, criminal databases and stuff like that. So you get that, but then you have an ability between the combination of all those things to really guarantee Becky is Becky. And that's what we're talking about. Are you saying that you have to put systems in place that essentially, okay, before we make you an offer, we need to get your fingerprinting and do a biomet. We need to actually make sure you are who you are. I think, yeah, I think you do a combination of four things, right? So 
the background check like you've defined, the use of personal identifiers, which will be a combination of some types of biometrics that the employee, the employee controls. So uh, the, the notion of the liveness. And the last thing is a quick you know, interview that is that takes like 13, 15 seconds to say, I've talked to this person. This is exactly who it is. It fits all of the other markers that I've got. But all that together from an automated perspective will give you a better acceptance and highest level of assurance. The person you're hiring is who they say they are. But for me, I'm thinking that I just need to hire somebody who aligns with my values of my company. And I can gather that data through an interview process. Does it really matter if Becky was somebody else 10 years ago and in a different name? I don't know if that really matters to me so much, just as long as there's no criminal history. And then I also think about it in terms of if I'm going to add another loophole to the hiring process and say, okay, well, we're going to make you an offer, but I also need to have you come in and hand-printed, and we need to take a snapshot of your face so that we know you are who you are. Don't you think that that's going to be another hurdle that's going to potentially get people to duck out? I think that, you know, it's not about taking a snapshot of your face, right? It's it's a really alive check to make sure. So it's not really a selfie, but but I, I think it will if there's something to really hide, but, but you're not trying. I, as hiring managers, we're not trying to disqualify the candidate. We'd really like to hire them. However, we don't want to take the risk to our companies. If I am a bad actor, right, I'm going to create probably like a profile, like I'm going to build up my backstory first before I can get in there. There are a lot of people that don't have social profiles. There are a lot of people who essentially they might have some ulterior motives, but how can you find a system that actually helps with that? I'm not connecting the dots on that. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's why I said in the early beginning of the conversation about the need. It's not about identity management. It's about proven identity because you're exactly right. The, the presence of deep fakes, the presence of personalities or personas evolving from within the, the networks. And I, we, we talked a little bit about this when we were watching Elon. But how do you identify a deep fake, though? Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's why you, just like you said, from a proven identity perspective, you need a system that, that proves identities so that, in fact, you can reveal the deep fakes. Because right now, you know, bots and, and different things that happen in the dark web, different things that happen in all the pattern of information sharing create personas. And it's very easy, Rick, to take on. I mean, there's evidence now. You brought up the one about, you know, you didn't have it, you didn't have it happen to you personally where you hired somebody, but somebody different was actually came on the payrolls. Well, you saw the same thing and you're seeing it now, These some of these collaboration tools where it could look like you're having an audience with the various different people. It gets kind of scary, like a minority report movie playing out in front of your eyes. But, you know, there's there could be a, a conversation you're having in a, in a Zoom conference room, which could be individuals that are not real, they, you know, avatars. They could be personas that have evolved from the whole deep fake process. I mean, this is, it sounds too stupid and scary to be believable. And that's our risk. It might be, but I mean, the truth is, it's like, it's probably happening. I have heard that story from somewhere. I don't know where, like I haven't experienced it. What do you do then if, let's say I hire somebody who's remote, they do the interview, a different person shows up to the next Zoom meeting and is doing the work, but is probably working under that person in some of the right. You've got a different actor. You've got something else that's going on there. And how do you guarantee, Rick, 
that that person, you know, so even if it's working for the person you hired, number one, is that is that a trusted agent that should have access to your company stuff you're and be involved in your company decisions and so forth. I mean, you're going to see more and more of this because this get you know, the more, the more global with the, and with boundaries that we run through, I mean, you're going to see more and more of these, these risks to companies. And that's why the call to action is now, I mean, you really have to focus. I, I feel on the proven identity. And again, you know, it's, it's just because I've seen what can be. I would argue that your interview process is easy to hack. So I think really you should focus too also on tightening up your interview process. You should have a really structured interview process that your people are trained on and they know how to have conversations with people that are more than just the surface conversations of tell me about how many years of this you have and then tell me about this project. There needs to be a deliberate process that allows people to gain evidence to support making a decision. And that's really, people should be evaluated for values first, skills second, as opposed to the opposite. From an interview perspective, behavioral interviews are the best way to do that because they really help you get to that BS meter quickly. And, you know, bad actors might be really good at being bad actors and they might be good at certain parts of the interview. But when you get under the hood of things, they're going to crack. And I think that's a great way to mitigate that problem in the first place. Well, and I think you're, you know, the, what, what you're also saying is there's no silver bullet here. You know, Rick, it's a combination and it's a systematic approach to really being sure that the person you're hiring is, is who you really want to hire, in my view. And the combination of things you've talked about, you know, the established networks. But there's so much information out there that it is realistic for someone with different, you know, different agenda than trying to win with you in an interview, um, which, you know, that's part of getting, that's the price of entry. But it's, we have to be, we can't compromise on finding the best people and attracting the talent. That's what we're all driven towards. Talk to me about the proven identity method really quickly, and maybe you can tell us about your product and how this works. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm not big on the sales side. So all all I can say is that, um, yes, we have built a product that is focused on that for the problems that we've seen. And it's, it uses, it uses a combination of, you know, biometrics, liveness, checking, artificial intelligence, and derivative models. So we don't store biometrics or anything, but what happens is, is you get one identity proven and you're going to see industries go more and more in that direction because, you know, Uber drivers, gig workers, all those types of things where, you know, it's very dynamic and, you know, the brand of the company is still very much at risk because they're all agents of their company, of your company. So you're going to, you know, I, I see that as a, a possibility. So, you know, you know, we've been focused on that. And as far as I know, no one else has. We're getting pretty close on time. What would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience that can plug into their business today? I'd say, I'd say the big one is we never want to compromise on winning the war on talent, right? And we never want to forget that, you know, we're in the business to, to, we're in the business of the business as a company and, you know, our products to support customers, just like anybody else are top of mind. And we should never be lax on proving and exciting our new employees on who they are and, 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 and winning and, and, and wanting them to be part of our company. So we're, we're out there working hard to do that and never be lax in finding out if employees are working for a criminal element. I mean, it, and it's not a one and done. Once you hire a man, there's still, certain things you want to be safe on. So I, 
I'm, I'm pretty excited about being able to win the war on talent, but, it, but I also want to be aware of these kinds of things too. Well, I think also asking what other side hustles do you have going on? Because everybody's got a side hustle these days, right? So oh, my God, yeah. What other side hustles are you working on? Well, I have this small project I work on. I don't know. It's a group. Maybe you've heard of them called Anonymous. Oh, that's... <laughs> Becky, thanks so much for your time investment today. I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio Show. What would be the best way in which members of the audience can find you, find your company? Just go out to q5id.com and you'll see... Uh all the information. I think, Rick, you have my contact information. Happy to talk anytime to anyone on this and why it matters. I want to thank you for listening to this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Allen, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share after all this shows for you. And keep sending those recommendations to different topics that you guys want to find out. You can join the Higher Power Radio community to Higher, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can drop me a line at rickettstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. It's going to be another solo show based on one of the topics that you guys have all requested. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success, Rick Gerard.